Yeah, his big redemption move is he tells her, I never hit our child. And yeah. you're like, whoop-dee-doo, Paul, you're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's maybe not even the, uh, the most hateable character in Yakuza 6 because the, the final boss is a real asshole also. There are lots of assholes in the Yakuza series, but they're fun to hate assholes. Like, there are assholes who are fun to hate. There are, None of the characters in 6 are fun to hate. They're just dicks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rhythm Encounter, episode 104. Uh, This is John O'Logan, the patriarch of the Reviews Clan. Uh, This has been on our list of rhythm topics for a long, long time now. Uh, As anyone who listens to Random Encounter likely knows, I'm a massive Yakuza slash Like a Dragon fan. And uh, this, this game series has some remarkable music. Uh, I don't think there's a single miss in the entire series in terms of its soundtrack. So in honor of Like a Dragon Machine coming out last week, we're going to be focusing on some of the music from this series. Uh, And I'm not doing it alone. So joining me today are the patriarch of the retro family, Mike Solosi. I sing for you. (laughs) (laughs) And the patriarch of the Newsy Alliance, Gio Castillo. Naughty. (laughs) (laughs) all right well i am absolutely thrilled to be doing this episode with both of you uh before we jump in with the music i'm just curious why don't you tell me a little bit of your background with the yakuza slash like a dragon series uh maybe starting with what was your first game yeah um uh, i'm one of those people who got like um swept up in the yakuza zero hype like i i was aware of the series before then and i thought it was cool but i never thought it get to play it like it was hard to find those games before zero now back in those days it was known as like the japanese version of gta yeah which it yeah. clearly isn't yeah i i i was under the same misconception which is you know silly to think about in retrospect it's so different but uh yeah i started with zero back in um 2018 like i finally played in 2018 and then i got hooked like i played kiwami kiwami 2 uh three i played it in order in quick succession although i haven't finished like a dragon mm-hmm. and i haven't even started uh lost judgment yet but i played all of them except i skipped dead souls because i can't play it i can't find a copy of it but yeah i'm on the same page there yeah um and of course the games that were not localized like kenzan and until recently like ishin mm-hmm. wasn't localized but yeah uh other than that yeah uh i'm a yeah i'm just obsessed and i feel like one of the things that are like is kind of unsung about the series is like the soundtracks like they're mm-hmm. amazing but no one really talks about them as much as like the uh other insanely good stuff going on <laughs> in the series i agree it's a very it's a very memeable game a very memeable game series and sometimes the music falls by the wayside yeah mm-hmm. slow see how about you well, um, I, I think I've told a version of this story before, but um, my first introduction to the Yakuza series, I'm not sure if this counts actually, was in, I think, 2018 when I played uh, Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise because I, I love the, Fist of the Star, Fist of the North Star manga. And I found it, uh, the story a little disappointing and weird. Um, it, it was like a, a, a condensed version of the part one Hokuto no Ken manga 
it, 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 it did a lot of things I found sort of confusing or weird. And, and I f- sort of think that's an inferior version of what the Yakuza games do so brilliantly. But then, but, but I was aware of the Yakuza series, at least since the 2000s. But like uh, many people, I was a victim of the unfortunate marketing uh, of, of it as Japanese GTA, which is, which is not really that, which is really uh, created the false misconception. Um, but, uh, but I bought a copy of Yakuza Zero on sale sometime, sometime in, 2019 probably and uh yakuza kiwami was available as part of ps plus um also that year so when we decided to do uh yakuza zero for an episode of retro encounter um rob steinman had been trying to get me to play that game for about a year over you know over, over texts so i said all right all right we can we can uh we'll, we'll, let's do yakuza zero i have a copy anyway and it completely blew me away i loved it i played it in spring 2020 so april may of 2020 and then right after that, I uh, just like Geo, my obsession kicked off. I played Kiwami. I played them slightly out of order. I played Kiwami. Then I played Like a Dragon right when it came out in English in fall of 2020. Then I went through Kiwami 2, then 3 through 6, back to back to back. Then I finished Judgment last year, but I have not played Lost Judgment yet. That I'm going to see if I can sneak that one in between Ishin and Gaiden this year. And uh, and like you guys, I have not played Kenzan. I'm in the middle of Ishin, and I have also not played Dead Souls. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'll ever get to that one. Although I would, I would love to hear the uh, various karaoke songs in that game. Um, but it, yeah, and I totally agree that uh, part of the uh, what's really attractive about uh, about Like a Dragon because I, I have to wean myself off calling it Yakuza and start calling it Like a Dragon now. I know uh, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. Part one thing that's crazy about Like a Dragon is that how its tone switches wildly from huge melodrama to insane comedy, and its soundscape is similar in that sometimes it's dark and dramatic, and sometimes it's very poppy and silly, and it, it is a incredibly broad soundscape with a lot of excellent music in there, uh, and sort of, and because I played the games not mostly in order, but not quite in order, like seeing how the musical choices evolved over the decades of these games development was really uh, super interesting. And um, I I played the PS4 versions of all of the games. So uh, like I, I I, I know I'm not listening to the original versions of all these songs, but it's uh, there's, I have a lot of like a dragon music on rotation now when I didn't have any three years ago. Uh, Mine's pretty similar. My story is pretty similar. Uh, a few years ago, Alana assigned me to review Yakuza Kiwame, and I knew nothing about the series, and I played it, and I really, really, really liked it. It was really cool. I mean, it's it's it was the first, technically speaking, the first Yakuza game. And then I played Yakuza Kiwame 2, and then Zero, and then the remaster collection, and it just continued on and on from there. And I've played, I've played all of the games that are currently available, uh, localized for uh the west um except for except for dead souls like like both of you um i i have reviews up on the site for every single one except for uh dead souls and lost judgment though i have played lost judgment uh you're both in for a treat there i think uh depending on who you talk to zach wasn't as big a fan as as i and caitlin was but uh it's it i really think it's great um so yeah and the music again really captured my attention like the first time i was like wait this this game is karaoke it was an absolute 
shock uh, that it was there. And I just fell in love with the music of this game and just how varied it is. Because like you said, the the soundscape is as varied as the various tones that you find in the game itself. So uh, we think that we've uh, we've assembled uh, songs, enough songs here to give give you a pretty good idea, pretty good feel for what you're going to be listening to as you uh, roam the streets of Camarocho. So uh, we're going to be opening this with the, I would say probably one of the most identifiable songs in the Yakuza series, just because just because it's memed nonstop. And that is Friday Night. So uh, this is uh, written by Kensuke Inage. And it is, I would argue, it, iconic in the sense that it's it's Kiryu. He's on the dance floor. And uh, y- when you hear it, you'll know it. And uh, following that, Gio, what is your first song? Yeah, I'm bringing Outlaw's Lullaby from Yakuza 2. There are many versions of this song, but uh, I went with the original one. On PS2. Yes, and this is also by, this is uh, by Hidnori Soji. Um, so yeah, we're gonna give these a listen, and we'll be back in a minute. So enjoy.
Okay, like I said, this might be one of the most, I'd say, best-known songs from the Yakuza Like a Dragon series uh, because of the meme. Uh, you know, the, the meme of uh, Kiryu strutting on the dance floor. Uh, and, I mean, it, you, you see it, it was on Twitter every Friday night. It would always be posted uh, of, uh, it's Friday night, time to celebrate. Um, and I think that this song is a perfect example of everything fun about the series. Uh, like we said, there's so much that goes on in the Yakuza series, but this song is pure fun. Um, if you're ever curious, uh, every single song that's in Yakuza 0, uh, that's in the uh, karaoke or the disco, uh, almost every song in it has a song, a real-world song that inspired it. Uh, in this case, it's Michael Fortunati's Into the Night. Uh, if you want to look that up on YouTube, you will find a song that sounds an awful lot like Friday Night. Um, right down to some of the, the the broken and really weirdly pronounced English. Um, the thing about the music in Yakuza 0 is that it all feels incredibly authentic. Uh, all of the karaoke and disco songs, they feel real. It's incredible pastiche. Uh, honestly, my only real issue with the song is that it is too short. Uh, it is it is very, very short. Perfect for a, you know disco mini game but i could listen to this song on repeat for a long time without getting bored of it i could i could happily have another uh, another verse and chorus of this song and i would be just great with that um i think one of the reasons it's such a great song uh aside from the fact that it's you know it's, it's great to listen to it's also a hell of a lot of fun to dance to in the game uh the disco mini game for some people is a nightmare uh, especially if they don't like rhythm games i really really like it and while it doesn't feel like dancing uh moving to the beat and hitting the buttons and everything is i find it to be a lot of fun so i think that this is a perfect example of a yakuza song i think it's a perfect example of how yakuza integrates gameplay with the music and yeah i suspect you've heard this tune before uh, if you're listening and if you haven't i hey it's friday night uh, enjoy uh what do uh, what do you two think about this tune yeah um this song sorry this song is like the distinction of being the one song that I would listen to like a 10 hour extension of like on YouTube, <laughs> like I just put it on the entire time I'm working and it, I just let it run. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those songs. It's so addictive. I, I never, ever get tired of it. Yeah. And um, I, yeah, when I think of Yakuza, I think of this song or a certain karaoke song that it's also a, a meme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are, this like the first song I think about. It's amazing. And I, mm-hmm. I also, I listened to the um, Into the Night from Michael Fortunati. It's extremely similar. Yeah. It's very, very similar. It's um, uh, it, uh, Friday Night's like uh, the, uh, it's like the closest you can get to, re- to, you know, covering that song without actually covering it. It's so, mm. yeah, it's, it's also quite good. I agree with you, but I also think that Friday Night's a better song. <laughs> I you know what yeah you know what yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah i i yeah that's all i can say i i love this song so much yeah i, I I'm, a, I'm a big i'm a big fan as well uh i'm not sure i've ever listened to a 10 hour uh um repeat version of this but every time i see the meme posted i i um i'll always click on it and know exactly what i'll be hearing for the next 90 seconds or so and uh it, it, it's so pleasant it's so uh, it's so cheerful. Um, uh, uh, our uh, social media head uh, Steph made a very very funny um, video recut of it a couple Fridays ago, 
uh if you so yeah just look up the rpg fan uh uh, Twitter or social media feed to, to find the RPG fan version <laughs> of Friday night from <laughs> it's really it, good. Yeah, it's, it's from a, fi- a Friday in mid February, uh, and and we're recording this on a Friday in February as well. But <laughs> but uh, this song is is goofy fun, and I think it captures the eighties uh, so brilliantly because like Yakuza Zero has this sense of place being uh, like taking part in nineteen eighty eight Japan and. And of course, if you were to go, you know, uh, if you go to the Discord with your friend or with a uh, or, or with a girlfriend you met at the phone club, maybe <laughs> uh, in in this game, like like it, it, the songs in the disco really feel like they could be, um, you know, sort of uh, uh, Japanese and uh, enunciated English in 1988. <laughs> um, I, I also am a big fan of the mini game. I like a lot of rhythm games. And the fact that Yakuza has given us so many different weird variations of rhythm games over the over the years, uh, it, it's fun every time they try a new twist on one. It's a little uh, the disco one's a little odd in that um, you have to follow steps on a grid, but the more busy you make your move in between each step, the more points you score. So it's it's like once you wrap your head around it, it I, I think it's a lot of fun, but it is a lot. It is very different from sort of follow the bouncing ball kind of uh, karaoke style rhythm games. Um, and it's a little bit harder than most of those. But I, I, I love the mini game. I love Yakuza 0. I love the song. And mostly I just love the very incredibly specific sense of place it gives you. Yeah. Uh, I, I love the how it so uh, it so effectively captures like the excess of like bubble era Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for people that don't know... Uh, in the 1970s, Japan was a recovering economy, and then and then for several years in the 80s, it was the second largest in the entire world after the United States. It was, it was it, like the excesses of 80s Japan are, if anything, uh, uh, a little bit um, mellowed out in Yakuza Zero. It's it's every bit as wild as uh, the game portrays. But also, I like the horns that go one of my favorite things about yakuza zero is the way they integrate the era into the gameplay it's not just like yeah the game has a ridiculous sense of place you you feel like it's the 1980s but also uh your experience like how you how you uh, level up is done with money uh which is an ingenious idea that eventually makes leveling leveling up a little trivial once you start making like uh billions upon billions of yen uh but the idea is amazing, and the way that money is treated in this game is just, it, it's hilarious. Uh, such a great game, such a great sense of place, and such a great song. Yeah, to discuss a different Sega game, every time you defeat an enemy, money explodes out of them like if Sonic the Hedgehog lands on some spikes. And uh, and That's and, a good analogy, yeah. yeah and, and, the, uh, and the fact that everything uses money from buying things to leveling up to... To, to obtaining items like like the fact that everything is driven by money and you make money incredibly quickly and money is and you're surrounded by money at all times is it's a different vibe than the other Yakuza games but it's a deliberate choice by the developers it's really interesting it is really interesting I would be so interested obviously none of us can have this experience but I kind of wish that I had gotten to play the Yakuza series as it came out and play zero after five because it would have been fascinating to see this version, the 1980s version of Kemurocho, after seeing it for decade, after seeing it like for what was it, 10, 10 years worth uh, in the modern era. 
and see how how it was way back then rather than i, I mean I, I came to it after playing two games so i kind of got that but not even remotely to the same extent and, and yeah, if I had played five and zero close together and said I played five maybe a, a year or longer after zero, like the, the way that they reuse assets is is not just the setting. Like uh, um, uh, when Hai Lee and I think the character Oda are, they reuse the models of Sai, Jima and Akiyama from five. And a lot of the martial arts that you use are based on enemy movesets or character movesets from uh, Yakuza 4 and 5. So like, like the way that they reuse and adapt the work they've done in previous games is really really fascinating game to game in the yakuza series uh <clears throat> which is which is and because they can do that so smartly is why they came up with a game every couple of years instead of a game every every five years or something exactly um, no you're right the way the smart way they recycle things um and actually they do it with music too um yeah in fact there's one song in this game that uh it has been reused in multiple entries and that is Geo's next song. Oh yeah, um, that amazing segue. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm bringing Outlaws Lullaby, aka if Friday Night was like great value into the night, although it's a better song than Into the Night. Outlaws Lullaby kind of at first listen seemed to me like great value tank from Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like the opening theme. It kind of sounds like it. The, first, the the uh, the the descending bass that you get yeah. with the, with the, with the uh, it, it's it's at the beginning but it's also at a couple breaks in the middle of the song really does sound like Tank from Cowboy Bebop it's it's, uh, yeah. it's it's not quite the same notes but it's you can hear it yeah but um it's its own song it's it's not uh it's kind of like this slick I don't really know what instrument that is it's like, it's like a saxophone like a like it's it's a really um, unique battle theme among Yakuza battle themes. Like uh, a lot of Yakuza battle themes tend to go for like the hard rock metal route. This one is like more of like a jazz, um, jazz. Yeah, it's freeform jazz. Yeah, freeform jazz. It defines Sotenbori for me. Like it's when I listen to the song, I think of Sotenbori. Like I think of fighting goons on along the waterfront. And the stupid ragdoll physics of Yakuza Kiwami too, like punching their face. <laughs> in. Like I punch their face on the ground, and they somehow bounce into the water. <laughs> like it's it's so funny. And uh, yeah. oh, early Dragon Engine. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Yakuza Six and Yakuza Kiwami Two physics can get real weird. Like uh, like like you'll you'll take a a, a neon sign from a store, break it over an enemy, and then shards of it will will like. Will will st- like embed themselves in the walls of the of the different. It, it, it gets real weird. <laughs> it adds like kind of a surreal vibe to the game, and uh, and uh, I feel like this might be my favorite battle theme. Like I I was kind of torn. I wanted to feature a battle theme. I was torn between this one and uh, Pledge of Demon from uh, uh, Yakuza Zero Kuze's theme, which is mm. amazing. But I feel like this one is just. It also like kind of shows like the 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 uh, the wide variety of battle themes in the series. Like this, it's the 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 wide range of tones. Mm-hmm. It kind of exemplifies that too, and uh, it's so good. They use it again, right? Like they use it in like a dragon, and uh, I mean they use it in Sonobori. Yeah. Oh yeah, in Sonobori, just in general, and uh, 
Yeah, it's a Sonambori it, battle theme. Whenever you're there, that's you hear this song. Yeah, and I the reason I went with this one, like the Yakuza 2 version, I just yeah, this is the it, original version. Yeah, the original version. It's a bit of a. It's I feel like it's a bit better than the Yakuza Kiwami 2 version, which is like kind of it's mastered differently in Yakuza Kiwami 2. Like it's a bit like the the melody is a bit less prominent. It's, I feel like you can just hear everything better in Yakuza 2. Mm. The original version, which is why I went with it. Yeah, the, the the trumpet solo goes a little wilder in Yakuza Two, and uh, and and for for me, it's really that those opening piano chords, the doom doom doom, and like uh, w- which makes it instantly recognizable as being the Yakuza Two bat- uh, Sotenbori battle theme. But it, it goes, I, I think, the 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 free form uh, trumpet and piano solos go a little crazier in uh, in the PS Two version, and I'm, I'm much more familiar with the kiwami 2 ps4 version but but this i i think i agree i think this is maybe a little better any version they like the remake version is also very good i mean it's the one i i was into that's how i was introduced to the song oh yeah you're not saying that that's bad you're saying this one's just a little bit better yeah yeah 100 yep agree i mean i would agree too uh not only is this a not only is this a, a super awesome battle theme, uh, which it is, you know, they keep bringing it back over and over again whenever whenever you're in Sunbori. Uh, it's one of the best general battle themes in the entire uh, series. It has an incredible beat. Um, and most importantly for me, it's fun. There's something insanely fun about this song, and I think that fun translates over to the combat. Uh, because it can be a little bit boring, after, a, especially around the end of the game when you're really maxed out and you've perfected your tiger drop. Uh, just the the punks that are walking up to you on the street and you're like, these guys are idiots. Surely they would have had to have heard about Kiryu by now. Um, I think the music being this uh, energetic keeps the combat moving and keeps it fun. So that's awesome. I also think it's just a perfect example of how uh, the series music runs the gamut from like 80s Euro pop, like we were just talking about with Friday Night, to like, you know, heavy metal, like some of the battle themes to modern pop, which is some of the songs we're about to be talking about to freeform jazz. It's like, it's right across the board. Every musical style is represented in this game. Uh, so the fact that this is jazz is, and it's a battle theme is just cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, people say like final fantasy has like a diverse range of music. This Yakuza might have it be. Yeah. yeah. I think I'd agree with that. Um, it also amused me. This is something I'm going to be talking about later in the episode when we talk about a few more battle themes. But something I love is a lot of games would come up with like a minute long song. And it would, might be catchy and it might be fun and it might be, you know, driving, blood driving. But it's it's going to be about a minute and they'll just loop it. Whereas with Yakuza, most of the battle themes are anywhere from like three to five to six minutes. That are, and it keeps it keeps things alive and moving and fresh. And it's very difficult to get bored of the themes because they're really long. There's a lot of content there. Yeah, yeah. Very often, battle themes, battles like last like anywhere from like 30 seconds to a minute. So it, it makes you like, uh, when, when battles like take longer, like you feel a bit more, like it's, it's, it's interesting. It stays interesting. <laughs> yeah. I 100% agree. Something I did want to mention just before we move on to the next song is uh, these games oftentimes, like, there, there are covers. There are lots of covers out there. You look on YouTube, there are dozens of them. I just wanted to direct you to one in particular. Uh, Friday night, there is a uh, YouTuber by the name of Little V Mills. Uh, he does a lot of like heavy metal covers of some songs. He does a lot of heavy metal covers of Yakuza songs. And he has a killer version of Friday night. 
on YouTube. So it's it's Yakuza Zero Friday Night Little V cover. Uh, I would check that out because it's it's really really cool. I, I follow Little V Mills on YouTube. He he's uh, he does a lot of heavy metal and injects a lot of comedy into it. He uh, a month or two ago he did uh, he did that Swedish club song uh, uh, Ding Dong song, a heavy metal version of that. Carmela Dawson by 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 Gunther. What? Oh no! I, I okay. Never mind. I didn't hear that. I thought he did a cover of Carmela Donson a few years ago. Uh, he did that as well. Yes, yeah, but but no, no. Carmel Donson and Ding Dong Song are different uh, uh, Scandin- <laughs> Scandinavian comedy pop songs. But uh, he, he did heavy metal <laughs> covers of both of them, and I think for both of them, he was dressed in a schoolgirl outfit. So. Yeah, understandable. You might mix them up. Possibly, and also I have to say that your description of him doing that is very yakuza sounding. Yeah, it, it's got a lot of um of uh Majima c- covering get to the top kind of energy. Mhm. Uh technically like I can draw a line between Little V and Yakuza because uh or like there's another connection between Little V and Yakuza because Little V uh he, if you any wrestling fans would know like Little V did the like is like made the entrance music for Kenny Omega the all elite wrestling wrestler. And Kenny Omega has been in a few Yakuza games, right? Oh. Including Ishin. Like he's he, like a he's a, he's a he's a card in Ishin, but but um, yeah. but uh, he wrestled for New Japan for a long time, and there are I think six or maybe eight. No, yeah, it was, it was six New Japan wrestlers are in Yakuza Six as a gang. Hmm. So I, I, he might have. Is he also a card in Kiwami Two? I'm not I sure. I don't know. Yeah, I remember him like uh, begging. To be in, in one of the games, and he finally made it in Ishin. I think, yeah, maybe, yeah. I, I think yeah. a bunch of yeah, yeah. You know, he's in Ishin as a card. D- d- mm. d- that's definitely true. But the um or the recent remake of Ishin. But uh, a bunch of Yakuza, uh, uh, I'm sorry, a bunch of New Japan wrestlers were in Yakuza Six, and then they also got to be in the uh, in the construction mini game in Yakuza Kiwami Two. And I think from knowing some of those guys, uh, uh like Kazuchika Okada and others, uh, Kenny Omega really wanted to be in a Yakuza game, and it finally happened with Ishin. Yeah, the, this game does cameos really well uh, in ways that don't actually feel pandering in a lot of cases. It just fits. <laughs> it does just fit. Okay, so now we're going to move on to our next uh, block, and uh, I've divided these blocks into just, I, I guess, arbitrary categories, but this one is going to be mini games. So like we were talking about, Yakuza has so many different styles of play, in it like you would go in uh you know there's there's the batting cages there obviously there's karaoke there is uh the massage mini games there's the the telephone the telephone um oh what's it called you just mentioned it slow so yeah it's, it's the phone club which is yeah. uh, like they they advertise it as phone dating but they somehow make it like feel dirtier than that when you play it in game yeah it's like the 80s equivalent of okay cupid or something like that um so this next section is going to be about the minigames and some of the songs we get in the minigames. So, uh, Solosi, you actually have the first one here. So would you like to introduce this? Uh, I would like because this song is called As You Like. It is uh, composed by Saori Yoshida and sung by a, uh, a pop singer named Mio. And it's the song that plays um, when you're preparing your team in the hostess minigame in, I, I think, both Yakuza 2 and Yakuza... I'm sorry, in both Yakuza 0 and Yakuza Kiwami 2. It does. Um, this song is unbelievable. Uh, I'm very <laughs> excited to hear everyone's thoughts about this tune. Um, and the other song that we're doing is mine, and uh, it is Long Drill on the Beach. 
by Hignore Soji. So the same uh, gentleman who wrote, uh, who wrote um, Outlaw's Lullaby. And this is from Lost Judgment. So I don't believe either of you would be very familiar with it. So I'll, I'll talk about it, but I, I'd be super curious to hear uh, what the two of you think about this song and, and get from it, uh, considering you haven't yet played the game, although I know both of you will. So uh, we are going to take a minute and listen to these songs. So enjoy and we'll be back. Somebody say I'm the girl 
if you've played Yakuza Zero or Yakuza Two, you've at least encountered the Hostess mini game, um, and and all the Yakuza games have some kind of interaction with Hostess clubs or Hostess bars. But in those two games, they make it an entire business sim where uh, you're you're trying to um, make this uh, a Hostess club that's fallen on hard times financially solvent, and to do that, you um, you you recruit women. Uh, to be hostesses, which are basically uh, entertainers that uh, that that are sort of temporary companions for m mostly men, but people of all uh, of of, bo of all sexes, um, joining the hostess bar. And it it at at first you might be concerned that it's uh that it's it it's it's anti-feminist or sexist, but they the, the games really try to portray it as uh, as women sort of empowering themselves by uh by, by you know demonstrating confidence and prowess. It, in in these clubs but really it, it's almost like having a pokemon minigame because you're trying to catch them all meeting women around sotenbori because because both of them are, are in sotenbori um in, in kiwami 2 and and uh, and zero uh like sometimes you'll you'll help a woman in a minigame and she'll join your hostess club as a, a like as a prize and then you can you level them up <laughs> <laughs> and, and develop their their focusing stats it, and, and it's a uh, and and there's and they're not all you know young 25 year old ingenues one of the best hostesses in both games is a uh, is an 80 year old woman who is a, who has extremely high uh um talk and funny stats uh <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 like it, it, it sounds completely unhinged hearing me describe it but if you but if, if you <laughs> game yeah right <laughs> but if you play it and uh and and you like and you also realize this is maybe the best way to make a lot of money in uh in in both of the games it's in it's 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 incredibly addicting and fun and it makes you want to go out and uh and and find all the ladies in sotenbori so they can all join <laughs> so they can all join your club and, and and oh god one of the um one of the best hostesses in Yakuza Zero is a is the disco queen of Sotenbori, and you have to defeat her in a dance contest for her to join your uh, uh, for her to join you. But I think you have to beat her in Disco Queen and not Friday Night. Mm. I think. Um, but the uh, another good song though. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Koi no Disco Queen is a, a great uh, um, disco minigame song from Yakuza Zero. But uh, but as you like is the song that plays when you're preparing your team for the minigame. So, uh, and this is sort of one of those, um, maybe have the, uh, uh, the remote handy so you can pretend you weren't playing anything when your wife or girlfriend walks by, <laughs> because it, it really does look like you're playing, um, uh, you're, you're playing like a dress up game for Japanese ladies of the night. Uh, and, uh, like, like you're doing their makeup and choosing their, um, choosing their outfits and accessories. It, it, it's one of those that it's like oh, no 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 this is this is actually a hardcore action game I, I swear it's 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 not what you think but it's uh <laughs> it's exactly it, what you it's think. exactly <laughs> what you think you are playing dress up so you can have the 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 ladies with the highest cute stats or elegant stats <laughs> so they so they can so they can make as many as much money as possible off of big spenders that walk into your club and it, it, it's a business management game that also combines like collectathon elements and and dress up games and dating games in a a completely bizarre fusion that only makes sense in a like a dragon title and uh with that said it sounds like i'm i'm just defending something indefensible but really i would love nothing more than for this song and this game to return 
in Like a Dragon Gaiden and Like a Dragon Eight and every Like a Dragon continuing. Because, Absolutely, because it's it, it, it's yeah. the, I, I think it's the best Yakuza minigame. Full stop. I, I love. Oh my the, god. I, I, I love the host of Sims, and I it, think so too. If if as you like doesn't show up in Gaiden, I, we should just riot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boycott boycott eight. Uh, nothing would make me boycott eight. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm okay, that's not true. There are some things that would make me boycott eight, but certainly not that. But I would be I would be annoyed. It would be a lo- it would be a missed opportunity. I think. Yeah, in, in uh, they they confirmed that the hostess minigame is coming back for Gaiden. Yes, they but, did, but they didn't specify which one. There's a couple of them. Yeah, um, the hostess stuff in Yakuza three and four, I think, is awful. Oh, it's, it's, so it's 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 not fun at all. Uh, it, like you have to go around the club to find out what uh, what kind of girl the patrons are interested in, which is which isn't the worst thing in the world. But the actual gameplay of it is just is just manipulating how they're dressed and doesn't have any of the uh, stamina man- management, sub in, sub out uh, uh, stuff that makes the moment to moment part of the host's minigame good. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, it doesn't have as you like, which is. Again, the the iconic song that I associate with the minigame. <laughs> the quintessential host song. And, and, song. And, and we're talking about how uh, uh, um, the Yakuza soundtracks explore genre a lot. This is basically a sort of a romantic R&B song um, that is, you know, like it seems a little incongruous until you experience it in the moment, at which point it will never leave your brain ever. Oh, it's so catchy. And it comes out of absolutely nowhere, too. Like, even if you're playing the Hostess minigame, you're like, okay, what's going on here? I want to be... And you're just like, whoa, okay. Say I'm good girl. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, another reason why I love this song and love this game is because I associate it with one of, I would argue, one of the most popular uh, supporting characters of it, which is Yuki. When they announced that Yuki um, was replacing one of the proprietary actors in the Reishin remake... Mm-hmm. People were so happy. Yuki is a fan favorite. For very good reason. And I don't, I haven't played the original machine, obviously, but I cannot possibly imagine that whoever it was could have done a better job than, uh, than the actor, the actor playing Yuki, because it, it works so well. We might talk about this in a later podcast, but I mean, uh, from my interactions with the Yakuza community, people were a little bit upset when they replaced Han Peita's actor. But people were overjoyed when they replaced Oreo's actress with Yuki because people love Yuki. <laughs> mm-hmm. For a very good reason. Yuki is Yuki is precious, um, as both Kiryu and Majima uh, believe. Oh, oh yeah. Like, she is the, the one person that um, no harm can ever ha- come to her because the, the, the two greatest badasses in Sotenbori would come for their blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Am I? Uh, I'm trying to remember Yakuza Kiwami too. She comes back, right? She becomes yeah. like the proprietor of the cabaret club. Yeah. yeah, she's um she's in her early 40s instead of her mid 20s. Uh, but but she's sort of the boss of the club instead of instead of the instead of the number one hostess. But when mm-hmm. you get to the end game, um, and I, th- I think you've uh, I think when you've defeated four out of the five rival clubs, she rejoins as a, as as a hostess again. But uh, but she's diamond ranked and not platinum ranked, so her stats are crazy high. But you don't get to change her uh, her out her her outfit or accessories. And why do I know this? Well, even though it, it, it's a crazy dress up hostess game, it's because it's that good. And I metagamed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And her interactions. One of the best parts about Yakuza Kiwame Two is seeing her and Majima because her and Majima develop quite a uh, friendship in Zero. And seeing the two of them together again and seeing their dynamic pick up exactly where it left off. It's just so good. 
yeah. I have some thoughts on Yuki that we will share in a future podcast as well. But um, but but this song, it's like it's it, it seems like an out of place R and B song in this uh, referring to Yakuza Zero '80s game, full of disco and 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 hard rock and uh, and and other and other things. But it, it like I, it is an indelible Yakuza minigame song to me. So I uh, when we were doing a Yakuza episode, it's like, all right, I have to pick at least one minigame song and I keep going back to as you like. But so I, I guess I have to pick it. Yeah, it's iconic. It really is. Um, and it's only one of many I- iconic songs in this series. One song that is not quite as iconic, but I really, really like it uh, is in a game that neither one of you have played yet, which is it's in Lost Judgment. It's called Long Drill on the Beach. And uh, Lost Judgment might not have the words Yakuza or Like a Dragon in the title, but I mean, it's cra- it's a it's a Yakuza game. And you can tell this from the crazy number of side activities and mini games that are in it. There is just as much in the Judgment series as there is in uh, the Yakuza or Like a Dragon titles, uh, with the exception there's there's never been any karaoke, weirdly. It, it's definitely because um, because it's too expensive getting Takon to, Takon to do uh, karaoke. The, the actor that plays Yagami is a very well-known pop star in Japan, and mm. getting getting any any musical performance by him would be hugely expensive. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, so they that use his like, sense. Yeah, they use his likeness, and he gives a, a and he gives a um, a complete voice performance which is which is cool but like i mean i mean he was he was like one of the front men of the most popular boy band in japan of the uh of the 90s and early 2000s that would be quite a get if they could get him for karaoke in the third game if there is a third game but uh so this song long drill on the beach this comes from one of the major sub stories of the game called school stories so yagami the uh main character in this the protagonist uh who's a private detective uh he's on a he's he's on a case in this high school this and he is trying to investigate and to investigate he goes undercover as uh, a student advisor so he kind of becomes a student advisor to a variety of different clubs like the mystery club the robotics club and the dance club uh you become the advisor of the dance club because of your movement act your movement abilities uh the you know y- yagami can't dance but they're like wow you can really move because he can fight uh so you 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 start moving in and taking your fight training and moving it into a dance direction and your job in this uh fairly expansive sub story is to help the girls uh band together and learn life lessons and then win the local uh high school dance club championship um and then to get to the championship level you need to keep working on a song over and over until all the girls know the steps and it's perfected and then you have to perform it on stage uh so it's kind of a combination of a variety of mini games from the yakuza series including the uh the disco mini game and one that we'll be talking about in a little while which is the idol mini game uh there's four songs in total in the game uh each one with its own you know dance and you have to, it's, it's a, again it's a rhythm game so you need to uh learn exactly the, the the rhythm and get used to it and and get as close as you can but this song this song really caught my ear and my eye when i first played the game uh first off yagami looks real sharp in a suit uh and the dance club looks even sharper in their suits uh, it's a super addictive song. It, it, the dance that goes with it, like these aren't just, they're fully choreographed dances. These aren't like the Yakuza Zero uh, Disco where there's a kind of predetermined little moves uh, that are done repeatedly. Like this is a full dance uh, and I, the dance rocks. It's really, really genuinely good choreo. Um, I don't know if the actor playing Yagami can actually dance like this, but the character model sure can and it rocks. 
Like, it, it lots of really quick moves. It ends with him going into the splits. Uh, it's really, really fun. Uh, and also, this... Before I played uh, Lost Judgment, I kind of fell in. One of my favorite videos ever is a group called the... Uh, I think it's the Tomika Dance Club. They're a high school dance club in Japan. Uh, they did a dance called the Bubbly Dance. It's, it's a music video set to Dancing Hero Eat You Up, which is the song that inspired uh, Disco Queen in Yakuza 0. And it's like the most Yakuza 0 thing you will probably see outside of Yakuza 0 if you find it. And these kids are unbelievably good. So I their their music video for that was awesome. And I, I watched the crap out of it. So when this mini game came along, I was like, oh, it's just like that. And it is. Uh, apparently, this is a big thing in Japan. So yeah, I really like this song. I really enjoyed this mini game. It's... The school stories, I think both of you will really like it. It's a really interesting take on the sub-story uh, structure of Yakuza. So, uh, without having any context and just, like, you know, seeing the video, what do both of you make of this? Well, my my, my first thought was, oh, they're all dressed like the Axe Gang from Kung Fu Hustle and Drunken Master 2. <laughs> um, but the, uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, it is, it's a hugely energetic song. I love just the, uh, the, the brass that thumps, uh, with, like with, uh, the, the sort of, it punctuates it with some, with some, uh, very, with some staccato brass, uh, the, the, the percussion's very aggressive and fun. Like it's a, it's, it's the kind of dance that you sort of stomp to and not glide to. It's mm. not a, it, it, it's not a, uh, it, it, it's not a light feathery song. It's a, it, it like, it's, it's one with some with big steps and a lot of energy. Uh, the, the dance itself and the video that you shared with us is hugely entertaining. Um, it made me immediately check out all the other, the other three songs in the dance mini game and, uh, and made me feel a little bit less bad that, uh, yeah, that um, neither of the judgment games have karaoke in them. But uh, I, I've heard that the, um, like, like being the, uh, the, the faculty advisor of student clubs is, is that that's a cool way to incorporate, um, mini games into lost judgment and also makes you uh oh what's the right way to say this uh, uh it, it's cool that it's able to give each of the school club side quests like a story a connected story mm. that's that that's a, that has a little bit more structure than find the same person standing in the same part of the street every week mm -hmm. uh and uh and, and, and generally speaking, I haven't played this, but I've heard that people like the Dance Club minigame and they hate the robotics minigame. Yeah, that, I, that's uh, my experience, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I may be looking forward to one, not the other, when I eventually play this game. Ho hopefully this year, in between Ishin and Gaiden. Hmm. The robot mini robotics minigame has a good storyline, really solid storyline, actually. But yeah, the actual, the, the actual gameplay is a little bit tedious. To Time to look up the Cyric Z guide. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but the, the Dance Club minigame, it, it's it's a purely, it's a rhythm game. It's a classic Yakuza-style mini uh, rhythm minigame. So I, I I really like it. And uh, as of the time of recording, the season passes like on sale on PSN. Um, mm -hmm. Way ahead I'm not sure sister. when this comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 want, I want that boxer style. Yeah, yeah boxer style is fun. I, I, I'm told it adds a bit more school stories, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting that. One. It does, and also, I is the is the DLC included? Is uh, the Kaido files included in it? Yep. yep. Yeah, I think so. The, the, yeah, the, se the season pass is all of the DLC for Judgment, which so includes the uh, the extra women to date, the extra school stuff, the fighting, the boxing fighting style, and the Kaido files. Kaido files is 
excellent. It's really, really good. It's a very, it's a streamlined Yakuza experience. Uh, so I, I, you know, you'll play it. Of course you'll play it. All yet, like, look, look. If you tell me that there's a way to get more Kaito into the game, I'm gonna do it. I, I'm, I like <laughs> that the, the man is too precious. Oh, pure Kaito. Oh, yeah. It's it's good. It, Lost Judgment. I mean, again, some people have said it's not quite as good as the first. I really liked it. I thought it was great. Um, there's not a lot of Yakuza games I don't much, I don't like. We'll be talking about one a little bit later, but this isn't it. Oh, please don't tell me it's three. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. We'll, we'll no, get to it. I'm, I, I, I think Jono and I have similar feelings on this game. I think three is underrated and agreed. Uh, yeah, a, a different one is has great music, but we'll talk about it more later. Has great oh music, god. has great gameplay, has great mini games, and that's what we'll say about it for now. Oh my god! Okay, I have this exact same opinion. A- and I'm a great so setting. I like the setting in that one too. But but, but we're 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 gonna we're gonna, great. Yeah, we're we're yeah. gonna have our Yakuza Six roast uh, later the, in the episode. We will indeed. But right now, let's pivot to what is actually my favorite, uh, my favorite one of the Yakuza games, and that is Yakuza Five. So uh, we're moving into the the pop block right now. So this is a, a kind of a stretch, but not really. So uh, we're doing the pop block. So both of these are going to be pop songs, one in one in game pop song and one uh, regular pop song that happened to appear in credits in certain areas, but unfortunately not here in the West. Uh, so my song to start off here is so much more uh, by Yuya Saito and, and Rie Kugimiya. And, uh, yeah, so we'll get into this, but this is Haruka's side story. Uh, it's not even a side story; it's a full it's a full story. But this is her mini game slash gameplay in Yakuza Five, and this is the main song she sings. I would argue, and I love it and hate it at the same time. But we'll get into why in a minute. Uh, and Gio, what is your second song? Yeah, I'm bringing Atom no Ko by Tatsuro Yamashita. You may or may not have heard of him. Yeah, this is uh, this is an interesting one because I had never heard this song for a very good reason that we will get into when we start talking about it. Uh, so we are going to go now and listen to these songs and we'll be back in just a minute. So enjoy.
Okay, and if you've played Yakuza 5, that is probably your 700th time listening to so much more. Uh, because this song is... I, like, if, if Yakuza's iconic weapon is... A, or okay, if, if Kiryu's iconic weapon is a bicycle, then so much more is definitely Haruka's. Um, at the beginning of the third part of Yakuza 5, you take a break from all of the combat, and the game essentially becomes an idle simulator. Uh, Haruka is the protagonist, and your task in this is to win a reality show called the Princess League against a pop duo called T-Set. Now, at the very beginning of this section... You're in a rehearsal hall, and uh, you are, are learning the dance to so much more. And you will learn the dance, and it's really, really a catchy tune, and you're going to start hearing it, and uh, you're going to really start liking it. And then you actually might eventually get to the stage of loving it, and then you start performing it on the streets. You you get sent out to all of these events and things like that because you're an idol who is building up her, uh, her profile. So you keep performing this at all these events, and eventually you're going to start getting sick of it, and you keep hearing it over and over again, and you're really going to start hating it. And then you're going to start liking it again. And then you're, it's going to become like part of you, and it's just going to live inside you forever. And that's what this song is. And I've never been an idol, but I was an actor. And I have had this exact experience before where, yeah, you, you just keep doing a song over and over and over and over again until it just it, it becomes muscle memory. Uh, you could do the song in your sleep. And that's eventually kind of how it feels for uh, Haruka and for you playing the game. Like the, the button presses almost become unconscious because you know it so frigging well and you've done it so many times. Now, thankfully, there are uh, other songs in this section that you also need to learn and you also need to perform and, and do in the Princess League. But so much more is the most iconic version of it. Uh, now, the reason why I picked this version is because this is the extended cut of the song that you don't actually hear in the game. In the game, you only get the uh, first verse, chorus, uh, bridge, and the chorus again. Here, you get uh, second verse, second chorus, a bridge. You get a slowed down version of the verse, and then the chorus again. And it, it provides, I think, a lot of the uh, a lot of shape to the song that the uh, original shorter version that's in the game lacks. Um, I really like this song. Like I said, I went through periods of loving it and hating it, and now I just really, really love it. Uh, it's also one of my favorite uh, my favorite character swap videos on YouTube ever is Kiryu is Kiryu's character model being swapped into uh, Haruka's and dancing to this song. It's one of the funniest damn things I've ever seen in my life because I watched it and I was like, I actually would buy this as a sub story if like a, a, a producer is like, oh my god, my act can't go on. You, random person on the street, I need you to go on and and, and sing this song and like just push Kiryu out on stage. I would buy that 100%. The, the great triumph of all the Yakuza games get, getting PC versions are the hacks and mods and character model swaps that they gave us. Like, uh, I mean... I mean, of course, I want to watch a the disco mini game with Kuze dancing instead of uh, instead of Kiryu. Of course, I do. Yeah. But uh, that for Yakuza Five and the Idol mini game, might, that might even be the best version of that. Yeah. I mean, Yakuza Five is my favorite entry in the series for several reasons. One of which is I just I genuinely love these chapters. I think it's such an interesting break from the gameplay of the series up to that point and i'm a little surprised that we've never gotten anything like it since maybe it wasn't a hit in japan i don't know but i really enjoyed it um what are your respective thoughts about uh so much more is it hate is it love um i i'm uh kind of i lean towards just being indifferent <laughs> i don't think i ever came around back to liking it because like I, I got really sick of it in mm -hmm. fact like i 
I took a break for like months in between, like, like you know, in this chapter because I kind of got sick of the gameplay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's it's good, and like that scene at the end, like the conclusion to the story with like the Princess League and like the competition with Aset, like it's it's pretty iconic. I it's one of the things I remember about the game. Uh, it's it's just a good song. I just uh, associate it with tedium, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah uh, like I said, I agree 100%. I think that's one of the, in a weird way, I think that's one of the triumphs of this section is it actually perfectly captures exactly what it's like to be an idol. Just actually, yeah. re- repetition and tedium. I, I have never been a pop idol to the, to the shock of everyone present, I'm sure. But, uh, but I, I was in marching bands in high school and college and the, the feeling of basically devoting six months of your life to learning a seven minute music show and no, learning every note and every step of the performance uh, and having it drilled into you is an experience that a lot of different performers that have to repeat the same song over and over get. I mean, you hear about, uh, you know, like Axl Rose hates performing S- Sweet Child of Mine because he's grown sick of the song over the decades. And I'm reminded of uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother, an American sitcom where one of the characters, uh, Robin, was a Canadian pop idol as a teenager and she sang the song let's go to the mall so many times that she can't visit malls anymore um so like like, basically capturing the hyper repetition of being a performer who only has a couple songs in their repertoire and making the player sick of the song is a sort of twisted form of uh of of, of not torture but a, a twisted form of like giving the player the uh, the idol experience or the performer experience, but but speaking from my own experience, I mean, I, I love rhythm games. I was playing disgusting amounts of Guitar Hero and Rock Band in the in the 2000s. I, I mentioned I was in Marching Band for many years. Uh, Elite Beat Agents is maybe my favorite DS game. So having a break in Yakuza Five that is almost entirely rhythm games was a blast for me. I mean, you have three songs in the idol minigame, and I think five songs, or maybe four songs in the street dancing minigame, one of which I, I really uh, strongly considered bringing to this episode instead of As You Like. Um, I, I, I just loved it, because I, because like like just viewing these songs as fights that you have to repeat, um, just, just like random battles in an RPG, didn't bother me, because I like rhythm games so much. Mm-hmm. And um, that you do play so much more a lot, like like maybe too much i wish there was maybe five songs instead of three sometimes especially especially since so much more is the one you learn first so it's it's probably more than half of your performances in in including the 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 last one that she does as part of the game's climax mm-hmm. but uh at, at least it's a good song and the mini game itself is is fun at least the first 20 times so mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not gonna say i i enjoyed performance number 30 as much as performance number three but I, I do genuinely like the song. It's a high energy pop song, with uh, with 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 horns and uh, and and the the five minute version is better than the ninety second version because it has it 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 has a a a, a, a time signature change and a and a key change towards the end that I that that is welcome after you've heard the ninety second version so many times. But uh, yeah, like like if too much too much rhythm or too much music is a problem for you in an action RPG, then you probably will not love the middle chapters of Yakuza 5. But if that's a part of the series that you love, then maybe it, it, it might be your favorite part of Yakuza 5. And 
I, I'm that's not exactly my feelings on it, but I lean towards the latter. I, I think Yakuza 5 is one of the best Yakuza games, and uh, the I, the Haruka chapters are really, really good. Um, they maybe have you perform so much more a few too many times, but I don't, th I don't think that takes away from the song just being a great J-pop song. Yeah, I agree. Um, also, talking again about character model swaps, uh, one of my favorite YouTube videos is they do a character model swap, swapping in Haruka to replace Kiryu and Saijima, <laughs> uh, uh, doing all of their heat actions and beating the living hell out of thugs set to so much more. And they actually like time it properly too. It is sublimely funny and just Saijima gets some brutal heat actions in Yakuza 5. Oh yeah. He, uh, <laughs> his, his moveset is, is like, like it's like, Oh, I, that's going to be wince a little bit when he, you know, like slams someone's back into the top of a fire hydrant or something. Yakuza 5 is the equivalent of almost two full length Yakuza games in terms of the amount of content shoved into this. And Yakuza games are already stuffed, but five is, I don't know how they did so much in this game. So much more. <laughs> they did so much more when they made Yakuza 5. Every Yakuza game has between one and three cities that you visit, except for 5, which has 5. Yep. And they're they're pretty well-developed cities, too. They're not just, like, little tiny neighborhoods. Uh, fully explorable. Um, well, that, I mean, I love Yakuza 5. Um, and I moved on from Yakuza 5 to Yakuza 6. And... It turns out that there is a lot of content in Yakuza 6 that I actually didn't, uh, well, I guess here, uh, because of rights issues. So, Gio, why don't you tell us a little bit about your song and uh, its its situation with Yakuza 6? Yeah, uh, so my I brought uh, Atom no Ko. I don't know how to pronounce, I don't know how to translate that, but it's Atom no Ko by Tatsuro Yamashita. And basically, uh, Tatsuro Yamashita is like kind of, like the preeminent Japanese pop singer of like the 80s and 90s, I think. And like he's extremely popular, extremely expensive. And he is, uh, uh, and for that reason, they, they they chose not to license him out to the West. I think he's notoriously difficult to br uh, bring to the West. Like if any city pop fans, any Vaporwave fans might be familiar with him. Uh, he is conspicuously absent from Spotify. Like you can't listen to his music. Like you can, like his, uh, like uh, his wife Maria Takeuchi, who did Plastic Love. Plastic Love is, not, is, yeah. is oh yeah, Plastic Love is the best Japanese pop song of all time. Yes, yeah. uh, that's a song that belongs in Yakuza Zero for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, fun fact: Yamashita composed that song. So, yeah, uh, and he plays it live. He, I, I, I have, I have access to a bunch of live performances of him playing that song and it's hecking good it's that song amazing. that song is the only reason i have heard of yamashita before tonight <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and uh and actually you know I, the reason i chose the song is because i wanted an excuse to talk about him because like he is you know the city pop guy and i love city pop and i was surprised to hear that he completely Posed songs and like licensed songs out for this game, which sadly never made it west. And the, I chose this one because I do I have happened to have listened to this one like before playing Yakuza Six, and uh, uh, it's a it's a real good one. It's it I know for a fact it plays in the credits at the end after um I don't want to spoil it, but like uh, it plays at, a, at an appropriate time at the end of like the last little cutscene they show and. Uh, it's 
it's good. It, it feels final. It feels like we're closing the book on Kiryu. And uh, the replacement in the uh, English version is good, but it strikes a completely different tone for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel quite as... Uh, uh, it doesn't hit quite the same emotional notes as Atom Noko, which is like just this beautiful pop song. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's one of I've... my favorite Tatsuro songs. Yeah. And from what I've read that's true for the entire game. Like this isn't, he wrote this song, but he also wrote four others for the game that play at very specific times to underscore the emotional action of the game and the cutscenes. Yeah. And I mean, perhaps one of the reasons why, uh, spoiler alert, I don't like Yakuza 6. Um, perhaps <laughs> one of the reasons I didn't much care for Yakuza 6 in some ways is because a lot of the emotional moments of the game that were underscored by this music it just not it's just not there it's been replaced with somewhat more generic yakuza sounding music so they've removed the emotional core of the scenes because they didn't put in the uh they didn't want to pay the rights and i mean apparently songs being cut from uh the localizations of yakuza games is a bit of a tradition for the series but i, I think it might have really really hurt yakuza 6 yeah it's yeah. a big it's a big disappointment um I, I, the only reason I, I, I'm familiar with Yamashita at all is, is because Plastic Love is a, is like the best Japanese pop song and it became very, very popular and widely shared in the late 2010s. So I, I've only known that song for, let's say, four or five years. But the discovery that the writer of Plastic Love had a bunch of songs in Yakuza 6 that got cut is a huge disappointment. And, and my problems with Yakuza 6 are more than just the music. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. Um... Uh, but uh, in, in, a, in uh, I'll talk about it a little bit later this episode. But uh, the game has great side quests. Uh, uh, the, the city that they have you explore is awesome. Um, I, I uh, some of the cutscenes and ideas are really compelling, but just specific story and character moments I, I think are, uh, are 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 undercuts undercuts the wrong one is the wrong word i think it's a great showcase of the dragon engine especially for its first game of what the dragon engine can do and that's that's that that's kind of how i like to think about yakuza 6 as a tech demo yeah yeah I, there's some things about yakuza 6 i love other things that knock it way down my rankings of the yakuza games and um i i think i probably would like it more if it had its full soundscape in the Western version, but but alas, I only played the PS4 version, uh, translated into English. So it's a, a bit of a bummer we don't get this very very nice song, which you know has a, 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 a it reminds me a little bit of the Long Journal on the Beach track that uh, Jono submitted earlier because it does sort of have um, very big percussion. Uh, uh, punctuating a, a a broader soundscape into a, into a, a pop beat, um, but uh, but but the singing is also just lovely in it, and uh, and yeah, I, I wish this was in in the version of the game I played. It was an, it's an exceptionally cool song, and I mean I agree with you, Geo. The music that from what I've seen replaced it is it's fine, it's good, um, but it's very different, very very different, and because of that, it's going to it's going to leave you on a very different note. Yeah. And that's kind of a shame. That's at the very least, I wish they had picked music that at least tried to approach the feeling of this song, but they didn't. They went a very different direction with it. And I mean, I guess it's hard. Um, I mean, it's hard to replace a Tatsuro Yamashita song. I think so. I don't envy the composers who had to, no. you know, 
yeah, I replaced that song, but yeah, it's just a shame. Maybe they were afraid to replace it with something that kind of sounded like it, because as we've seen from other songs on this thing, these the, these folks are masters of the pastiche. Like they can create a song that sounds damn near identical to the original. Maybe they were worried they might get sued. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I think they did their best. Like it, it sounds fine. Like I actually do like the replacements. Uh, okay, so we're going to move from a, a song that closes uh, a chapter of the Yakuza series, and we're going to be moving to a block that closes this podcast. Um, this block, I I like to call, I'm, I'm calling the boss block for two reasons. One, it's going to be featuring two songs from boss characters. And two, it's the boss block because it's all Solosi. So, Solosi, why don't you take this one? Uh, so, why don't you introduce your uh, second to last song and then your last song? Right. Well, um, I, I love boss encounters in the Yakuza games. I'll, I'll elaborate on that a little bit more later. But the two songs I, pr- I picked that are boss battle tracks are Fly which is the final boss track from Yakuza 3, and Destiny, which is a mid-boss track from Yakuza 6. Yes, and both of these songs are, as you will hear in just a minute, they rock. They're so good. Um, and they do, musically, they do very different things narratively within the story. So I'm super excited to talk about these songs. So we're just going to give them a listen, and we will be back in a few minutes. So enjoy.
okay, uh, get ready for me to um, pop off on Yakuza boss battles a little bit because I think that uh, that that so much of the stories and action in Yakuza games are intense, difficult boss battles that are less, you know, solving a gameplay puzzle and more about the clash of wills between two men that are resolved with fists. And I, I, I live for Yakuza boss battles. I really do. And um, the first Yakuza track I brought to any episode of Rhythm Encounter was a scattered moment from Yakuza Kiwami 2. Um, for, that was probably a year or, or two years ago. And, and, and I love that final boss track. But I, I decided to bring um, the, fi- the final boss track from Yakuza 3, Fly, to this because it, it just it's a song that just screams 2000s Yakuza to me. Um, the this the sort of canned like percussion in it is a little like is a little bit Devil May Cry three, and the uh, the the different guitar phrases that are passed between each other um, are, are are just like the exact kind of um, of hard butt rock that I associate with all of the Yakuza the first five or six Yakuza games. So um, I, I love how it, it's it's multiple different phrases. So no matter uh, so no matter where the song ends or how long the boss fight takes, you're going to be going, you're going to be taken on a musical journey and it'll be able to resolve itself in an interesting way because the Yakuza games always have songs sort of flowing into each other. Uh, and, 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 and fly is just, it, it's a little bit long. It's a little bit, maybe slightly too epic. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, free bird is the, is the thing flying here maybe, but, uh, I, I just I, I think it's a really good song, and also my association with this song is the character of Mine from three uh, minor spoilers for Yakuza three, but one of the three badasses that you meet near the beginning is the final boss. Um, he's a character that's kind of an anti Kiryu because he also grew up an orphan and grew up wanting to be a, a, a wanting to be a powerful gangster in his own way. But while Kiryu had the support system of a father figure in Kazama. And uh, and and sort of uh, and the best friend in um, in Nishikiyama, uh, that um, uh, Mine grew up with none of that and grew up in total poverty, and with the idea that the only thing that the only things that matter in life are money and power. So he became this ruthless gangster who was extremely good at raising a lot of money and and being a great fighter. But uh, when he joins the Tojo clan. And um, and the character Daigo uh, Dojima treats him with so much respect. Um, Mine like basically Mine becomes a, a a loyal person with true empathy until Daigo is almost taken away from him. In which case he sort of shows his worst side and becomes an absolute ruthless uh, character and final boss of Yakuza Three. I could talk about Mine and Kiryu and Dojima and, can, and comparing them all for probably a full other podcast, but I won't. Instead, I will just say that I think that Mine's character is really sort of well-constructed to be a, a foil for Kiryu, and this song just rules. Uh, but if you want to hear another version of Fly, uh, there's one uh, that I, I don't know if it has an official translation yet, but it's it's amusingly titled Soar on YouTube, S-O-A-R, Soar, and that is the sort of Mine analog character's boss fight in like a dragon Ishin uses a very very cool um, new arrangement of fly that is translated as soar so if you like fly go on to youtube or elsewhere and search out soar incidentally soar is how i would feel after i fought mine because oh yeah it, it's, it's a brutal fight it's a rough one and and um yakuza 3 is i think unfairly uh 
a popular answer for the worst of the Yakuza games, or let's say if you were to have 0 through 7 on PS4, um, Yakuza 3 ranks near the bottom of a lot of people's lists. I think that's really unfair, because I think that the character work and writing in Yakuza 3 is maybe the best of the first four Yakuza games. I, I, I love the sub-stories, I love the how different characters are written. I, I think it's like like, like, like my, my favorite version of, uh, of, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, what, what's, who's, ya- uh, Kiryu's detective buddy. Um, right. Oh no, Date. Yeah. Date. I think, I think like, um, Date's storyline in three is the best Date storyline. And I love the character Rikia. Like, like uh, you can't, you can't think of Rikia without screaming Rikia. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, I love the story in Yakuza three, the combat's a little bit weird and turtly, but, and you have to use the triangle button to guard break a lot, but it's, it's just it's just not the combat's not as good as zero or five or, or kiwami one which is not which is i don't think a total disaster but um the music is great and i think mine is one of the great villains of the yakuza series um so yeah i i think yakuza 3 is is unfairly maligned it's, it's, and i prefer it to oh geez i prefer it to um definitely six. four and four and six yeah yeah. Yakuza 3 for me is a weird game. Uh, I loved it. I really enjoyed it when I first played it, uh, partially because at that point I was starving for Yakuza. And then the uh, remaster collection came out and I was like, oh yeah, the good stuff. Um, I, I agree with you that bosses block a lot and it can be a little bit frustrating. Uh, the, the fight mechanics, that's the funny thing. When you're coming at it from the perspective of playing Kiwame Kiwame 2 Zero. Yeah, it's a big step back, but in terms of its actual release coming out after Yakuza 2, it was a massive step forward in terms of the fighting mechanics, and certainly a massive step forward in terms of the storytelling. Mine is, I think, uh, one of the best, and I, I would put this in quotations, villains in Yakuza history, because he is absolutely brutal, like he slaps a child at one point, uh, but his motivations are in a really bizarre way, certainly through his eyes, they're pure. Uh, and then yeah, there are moments where he really does redeem himself. And I think the character is just incredible. I would argue that, and I don't necessarily mean this in a romantic sense, but he completely falls in love with, uh, Diego. He, Diego, he, he's in love with him. And oh, I don't know. I, I'm, I, yeah. I might, I might say in a romantic sense, I think that, the, I think that's an interpretation that can be very, yes, that can it, be there, but r- romantic or not, I think the word love is the right word for that. Yeah. yeah, I think he sort of grew up respecting nobody, but then has so much love and respect for Daigo, um, uh, like uh, in the events leading up to Yakuza Three, that when Daigo is um, like goes into a coma and almost dies, Mine snaps a little bit, and we see the worst of him. I think the coolest scene in this entire game is uh, some some light spo- or some spoilers for people uh, who haven't played Yakuza Three yet. It, it, is is it uh, the lunchbox scene? <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. It's the okay. one in the it's the one in the airplane. Okay, no, I'm thinking of something else. Yeah, when uh, at, up to that point, you think Mine is just like undermining and trying to become the leader of the Tojo clan, and at the and then one of his men uh, insults uh, his uh, well his love, and uh, it does not go well for that that person. Now, um, I, it, I was thinking of a scene where um, uh, one of Mine's associates, uh, uh, Kanda, had had yes. sort of had had, had disrespected. Kiryu very very badly. So uh, and 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 uh, Kiryu knows that Mine is one of the people that's sort of hunting him. So uh, there's a scene where you're underneath Kamurocho, um, and uh, and Mine comes uh, 
uh, strolls in holding something that resembles a lunchbox and like bows down and apologizes and gives you the lunchbox and you realize it's Conda's head in a box. <laughs> it's like, oh geez, this guy's a mo- <laughs> this guy's a mofo. But uh, yeah, it's so, yeah, hardcore. Yeah, he's he's um, Mine's totally ruthless, but his arc is and is sort of an anti Kiryu in a different way that Ryuji Goda from Yakuza Two is an anti Kiryu. Which is which? I I really again I could talk about Yakuza boss fights as clashes of wills, um, a, a lot. But I think Mine is one of the good ones, and his and his uh, theme absolutely slaps. Oh yeah, absolutely. The level of cinematic epicness epicness that happens when the fight starts is incredible. Um, I wrote down. Uh, I just wish that the actual fight was a little bit more dynamic, but it's as dynamic as it can be within a somewhat more static combat system that will eventually become a lot more dynamic as the series continues oh yeah geez and and, and i was talking uh, talk i almost brought a couple different uh final boss themes to this one um uh two dragons from yakuza zero is excellent mm-hmm. and um and battle for the dream from yakuza 5 is excellent but both of those fights are way more dynamic than the mine fight because you're sort of um your opponent you're sort of fighting them around this environment and uh, and like smashing them into walls and obstacles and and there's uh, more things like dramatic interruptions for quick time events that make I, I think that the boss fights themselves are better in zero five seven and others but um but but the fight against Mine as a sort of story moment is very powerful. Yep, I don't think I have anything to add to that. I think it's beautiful. You guys put it beautifully. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, um, I have thought way too much about Yakuza boss fights, which is why I brought two songs and not one. Yes, it's your destiny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've listened Amazing. to the song Destiny far more than I have played any video game named Destiny. <laughs> with, ap- with apologies to Bungie Studios. But uh, yeah, Destiny is in Yakuza 6. It's the boss fight track for the character Someya, who is, I don't know, you could call him the Kuze of Yakuza 6 because you fight him multiple times, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But th- this also goes into a thing. Um, uh, Yakuza games don't have a lot of generic boss tracks. Um, they will usually have a bespoke boss track for all of the major bosses it's not it's not like we're in the 1990s and um the rpg has boss track one boss track two final boss track they'll have random battle tracks for every setting and then a lot of the bosses will have a bespoke battle theme for them and uh and uh someya one of the recurring um bosses from yakuza 6 has two uh, the first one is called Bloodstained Philosophy, which is just an amazing combination of two English words. And the, mm-hmm. and the, and the second one is Destiny. I, I think the Destiny tracks a little bit. They're both good, but I, I like Destiny more, um, mostly because the violin in it is so dope. Um, yep. The, the song is very epic. It has it has echoing drums, uh, like a full orchestra, but then a solo violin that's uh, that's played sort of throughout the song. Sometimes over electric guitar. Uh, there's um, sort of some interludes in the middle where it's just a violin solo with the uh with some just huge drums like giving you a in the um uh, going along with it that's my maybe my favorite part of the whole song but uh i think that if you compare fly to destiny um they're about uh nine or ten years apart in terms of when they were when their games came out but they sort of represent the the growth of yakuza music because fly is sort of is is sort of hard rock i compared it to devil may cry music which is you know very specific a very specific thing i love when i was 
20 years old in the 2000s <laughs> but uh but it, it but uh destiny is like this is it's orchestral um yakuza 6 has a lot more electronic music than the uh previous several yakuza games um it it, it goes through a wider range of tones and instrumentation than the very guitar and drum heavy uh soundtracks of older yakuza games like yakuza 3 and so destiny uh, fly sounds like a lot of yakuza games but destiny really does not sound like it belongs in yakuza's one through five because because yakuza music evolved so much over those years and and in yakuza 7 which, which does resemble yakuza 6 uh, quite a bit in its soundscape has a way more dubstep and way more and uh and and a lot of electronic music is what um similar to six but i think that yakuza six not my favorite yakuza game by a long shot but it has a really excellent soundtrack and destiny is one of the better songs in it and but but i mean one thing i don't like about yakuza six is that i think some of the characters are like the the story tries to redeem them but i sort of don't want them to be redeemed like mm-hmm. like uh, uh, somia is a uh uh is a is is a he um, he he beat his wife. He's and, a wife beating prick. Yeah, he's a wife beating prick, who is a, a a crime boss. But then and then after his wife divorced him, he kidnaps their daughter and kept the daughter hidden from his ex wife for several years while continually stalking and searching for his ex wife and and making her life a living hell. Like that is horrible. And yeah, his big redemption move is he tells her, "I never hit our child." And yeah. you're like, "Whoop de doo, Paul, you're not supposed to." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that you're doing not even the bare minimum of what a good dad should do. And in a way, Yakuza 6 is Kiryu going around beating up dads and teaching them how to be a good dad. <laughs> because he, um, he, he he's searching for the missing father of Haruka's son, Haruto. He's Yakuza dad. And yeah, and, and there's a lot of weird dad, rela- there's a lot of weird father-son relationships in Yakuza 6. Like the, there's a Chinese uh, triad mob boss who has a hidden son that was, that didn't know he was half Chinese for, for decades because he's he was kid, kept as a secret backup heir and uh and there's also uh, haruto's missing father that akira's tracking down and there's a japanese bu- businessman who was secretly a crime lord and he has like one surrogate son that he treated as a as like his secret weapon for decades while he was trying to keep his biological child away from the away from the 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 yakuza business but that but that son wanted nothing more than to be recognized by his dad in the context of being a crime lord so it's just there's just a bunch of messed up father-son relationships in yakuza 6 with kiryu punching them to to like beat some sense into them and and somia is just a bad dad who i think is a deplorable character in some ways so i i didn't like that the game sort of wants wants the player to feel somia's redeemed but Somia it also like represents a new school Yakuza who doesn't have a back tattoo and is and is less interested in the sort of honor among thieves attitude of previous Yakuza. So so like Somia as a modern bad guy Yakuza as a concept, I think is a good character. But everything that Somia uh, about Somia's relationship with his wife and daughter makes me just hate Somia. But uh mm-hmm. He's, he's maybe not even the uh, the most hateable character in Yakuza 6 because the, the final boss is a real asshole also. Yeah, but they're not even fun. They're not even the kind of... There are lots of assholes in the Yakuza series, but they're fun to hate assholes. Like, there are assholes who are fun to hate. There are, None of the characters in 6 are fun to hate. They're just dicks. Yeah, they, they, they just sort of make me upset. Like, I, but yeah. by the end of Yakuza 0, I love Kuze, Awano, and Shibusawa, even though they're jerks. 
and um and, and their boss fights are are good but at the end of yakuza 6 i just i i i am i am like somaya and uh the final boss are two people that just make me upset it's like i just i just don't want them in, in on my television screen anymore but in- a really really great villain is a villain that you have empathy for in spite of yourself and you you know you don't want to but you do uh you empathize with them or at least you understand their point of view in this game they're just so bad uh, and they do things that are so terrible and they're they try to go for the yakuza redemption and i don't think it quite works in terms of this song, it's interesting because uh, Sonia is fighting for his, the, the life of his ex-wife, and you don't know this yet. Uh, so he is fighting tooth and nail for the the life of someone who, in his own messed up way, he loves. So Kiryu, it's it's a really great reveal because Kiryu, by winning, uh, loses, um, which is, you know, destiny in a nutshell. Um, see, I, I agree with you. I think that I think that this is a really cool evolution of where the Yakuza series went with its music, uh, because you can still hear elements of the type of song that uh, uh, like fly, like that type of song. There are elements of it here, but the addition of the strings, and especially the violin, really drives home the epicness of the song that screams destiny. And Yakuza 6, uh, the song of life, which, my god, they, yeah... Uh, no matter what you think about the game or the themes in the game, and I have a lot to think about it, uh, the bottom line, it's about the future that we leave for those who come next. And I feel like this song is an incredible musical example of that theme. Uh, it's what comes next. It feels very future-facing. And I, I really like it. It's a great... It's not It's not even the last, so, uh, last boss theme in the uh, game, which is even more impressive. Yeah, I, um, for this episode... I went in uh, with a very specific plan of I'm going to bring one song from a minigame, one final boss track, and one other boss track. Like, I almost brought in Kuze's theme, uh, Pledge of the Demon, instead of Destiny. And, mm-hmm. I, and I almost brought in Battle for the Dream from Yakuza 5 instead of Fly. But I, but I settled on these two because, I mean, because they're so good and Yakuza music is so good. But I was spoiled for choice because <laughs> um, I, Yakuza boss battles, I think, are just so crucial to why i love this series and um yeah fly and destiny are both bangers yeah there's nothing like seeing the type of the uh the the i guess the name card of them of the name of the boss and their position uh just before the fight starts such a great way to set up a good boss battle yeah but i mean going back to what you're saying how a good villain you sort of you're you're pumped to defeat them but you also sort of respect them at the end i think that's totally true of nishikiyama in yakuza 1 and goda in yakuza 2 and mine in yakuza 3 i don't feel that way about most of the bosses in yakuza 6 because like i i just yeah they're they're, i i i at the end of yakuza 6 i didn't feel like i respected my opponents the way i do in most of the yakuza games yeah there's a lot of there are like villains in yakuza games who are the I'm going to need a lot of chocobos in this episode who are the assholes, but they're the assholes that, you know, you see and you, you see get theirs uh, in the end. But here it's like the assholes are kind of like the main villains and it's, it's not as fun, if that makes sense. There's nothing fun about this game in terms of the story. Yeah. Yakuza 6 does so many things very well, including... Um, Onomichi, the, which is the town you visit, and the music and a lot of the side content. But uh, 
the villains in the main story just ain't it. No, it's 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 the most anti-fun fun game that I've ever played. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna offer like a slight dissenting opinion because I feel like the Somea Redemption arc kind of worked on me, and mm-hmm. that I don't hate Somea, but I do feel like what he did is a bit way more egregious. I think like, like it's a bit more vicious, like the way he hurt his wife and stuff, and how much of a total <laughs> he is in general. But mm. by the end, like with him, like a uh, spoiler alert, like, you know, stabbing himself to save his wife and stuff. Like, I felt kind of bad for him in a way. Uh, uh, just not maybe not to an extent like uh, I felt bad for uh, Mine or Nishikiyama. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah. It is a redemption arc, and that's what they're that's what they're doing here. And like he sacrifices himself in the end for his ex-wife. Um, I just found their relationship to be really creepy like yeah. right from their first kiss really creepy yeah it, it's it's I, I i don't know i i, I struggled to to feel for some by the end game but I've, I've already talked about that plenty there, there's also a domestic violence uh plot point in yakuza 5 that made me dislike a certain character more than i did before which is which is, is one of the things i don't like much about yakuza 5 but maybe maybe it's because i find I, I, I wish this series didn't hand wave domestic violent violence the way they have a couple times. I mean, unfortunately, the Yakuza Like a Dragon series hand waves a lot. There, there's some casual misogyny that we don't need to go into in a deep way in this episode. But Casual yeah. misogyny, casual homophobia, casual transphobia, casual lots of things that are eventually... They're waved away by a lot of people who say, well, that's because you don't understand Japanese cultural values, and which is an argument that drives me completely insane yeah it's so weird yakuza 3 has one incredibly transphobic side side mission that was so bad it was cut from the ps4 version but then a, a rather remarkably trans positive character that uh kiryu meets as well like I, it, it, sometimes this this whole series is schizophrenic with its tone yeah i mean yakuza 1 has a side i think i mentioned this in a prior podcast it is a sub story where uh a, a tra- where a trans woman uh, almost picks you up and then uh, tries to rob you and you beat the hell out of her. And then her quote unquote brother, who's a trans man shows up and, and you beat the hell out of him. And like at that point, no matter which way you're coming from the concept of Kiryu doesn't beat up women uh, sort of doesn't apply at that point, really. Cause whether or not you're transphobic or not, he beat up one of them in that scenario. Yeah, or, or maybe the writer views neither of them as women, which is, which is just awful. So like, I, I, again, there is casual homophobia, transphobia, and uh, and misogyny in the Yakuza series that you have to overlook a little bit, or at least, or at least acknowledge and accept, like we're doing now. And has been getting better, I think, yes. as as cultural values have changed in Japan. And there have been, like, in Yakuza, was it Yakuza three? There was a sub story where a trans woman chases you around town, yes, and you're running away from her, and they removed it. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah there are two um, uh, side stories in, involving trans women in Yakuza three. One of them was one's chasing you around town and it's pretty awful. And the other one is uh, uh, Kiryu meets a trans woman at, at a bar who's portrayed by a, a, tr- a real trans uh, Japanese trans celebrity. And she sort of explains to Kiryu what her journey has been like as a trans person, which is insane that both of them were in the same game. Yep. It's uh, it's getting better. I, I think it's, I think it's solidly getting better and retroactively as well. Like they've gone back and they've removed some examples of that. Um, I think we, 
GC talks a bit about that in our, so you want to get to the Yakuza feature. Uh, there's a, there's a section about that in there, but yeah, regardless, there's, there is a lot of complicated, uh, politics and social, uh, social conversation in these games, but I love them. I just love them so much. It's one of my favorite series. Uh, I can't believe it's the kind of series that I've only played for what, the last four years, and I can't believe it's only been four years. I can't believe that I did, haven't loved this series since I was a kid. That's how much it, it means to me. Um, and getting a chance to talk about the music of this series, which is so insanely good, uh, is an absolute privilege, especially talking to you two about it. Yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, Again, I, I didn't play a proper Yakuza game until 2020 it, um, but this series has been my pandemic companion for three years i i played <laughs> um i mean i'm i'm early on in in uh in like a dragon Ishin right now but i've played um d- depending on how you count them uh, nine of them in around three years and i now it's definitely one of my favorite series this is so there is there is so much video game in these video games and so much like it's so much incredible characters and writing, but also problematic parts and, and, and amazing music and other elements. Like I, I don't think there's any other series quite like, like a dragon and they have, they have me for life now. I'm I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm endeavoring to finish all of them by the time like a dragon eight comes out. And I'm going to be first in line to pick up that game in uh, suburban Northern Virginia in the next year. <laughs> and I am looking forward to that day as well. I think we all are. Okay, well, that was our Like a Dragon episode uh, and uh, Like a Dragon Rhythm. Good title, I'm going to use it. Um, if you enjoyed what we were talking about here and like our style of podcasting and our style of uh, RPG and adventure game coverage, and you're looking for a way to support us here at RPG Fan, we've opened a store. Uh, you can find it at www.rpgfan.com slash shop. Uh, we have lots of things on there, including we have some new merch with our 25th anniversary logo on it. The 25th anniversary logo uh, designed by Fearless Leader Mike. Uh, it looks really, really cool. And uh, please check that out. Another way you can support us is to check out our past episodes of Rhythm Encounter. Uh, the last episode, we were talking about the Xeno uh, series, which is kind of a, a spiritual series of successors, uh, a variety of different series, all starting with the word Xeno and similar themes. Uh, we have some really exciting stuff coming up over the next few weeks, but I am not going to tell you about any of it because it is a secret. So come back in two weeks. Maybe maybe by the time, maybe by next week's Random Encounter, I'll be able to mention it in the uh the post show. So stay tuned for that. Speaking of Random Encounter, that is another one of our podcasts, Random Encounter. I host it. It's our bi-weekly podcast, uh, alternating with Rhythm Encounter, where we talk about what's going on in the video game RPG industry. Uh, the last episode we did was while talking about Like a Dragon Machine and also Octopath Traveler 2. I talked to Zach about Octopath Traveler 2, which was uh it was a great, great conversation, and it sounds like an awesome game. And next week, every you know things are in flux, but I'm very, very excited. I'm going to be talking to uh, Fearless Leader Mike about the the art of power washing Mako. Let's put it that way. It's going to be a it's going to be that's going to be a fun conversation. Uh, and we also have our uh, flagship podcast, which is Retro Encounter. 
Salosi, why don't you tell us a little bit about Retro? What's going on now? Come on, it's not the flagship podcast. It's the it's the youngest podcast on the site. The youngest podcast on the site with the most episodes by far. And that's in large, uh, mostly because it's a weekly show. But uh, and mostly yeah. because you just don't sleep. You just you just edit podcasts. That's what you do. Yeah, I, although I haven't been quite as good about editing podcasts uh, in 2023 as I have been in past years. But uh, yes, Retro Encounter is RPG fans' weekly show. It uh, typically goes up every Thursday. And uh, in March, um, I'm not sure exactly how many of these have aired yet, but uh, we have an episode on um, the our most wanted RPG remakes soon. We have an episode on farming games uh, that I think went up already by now. Uh, we're doing two episodes on Like a Dragon Ishin. Oh, what a coincidence. Um, mm-hmm. uh, coming later this month. Uh, hey, how about the two of you join me on that one? I think I could be convinced. Uh, I may or may not be there. It's a surprise. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, and also we have um, uh, April partially planned out. Uh, the game that we're going to be playing in April is Lost Odyssey for the Xbox 360. So uh, please look forward. If you're uh, please check out Retro Encounter if you're not already a listener and look forward to Like a Dragon Ishin and Lost Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, didn't Peter just have a review, a retro review of Lost Odyssey? He did. And um, uh, he I believe Peter is going to be on those episodes and he is excited to gab about that game. That is awesome. All right. If you'd like to get in contact with us here at Rhythm Encounter, you can fire us off a message at music at rpgfan.com. Uh, again, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any ideas for future episodes or themes, uh, we love themes. Any any excuse for us to, to get a really good selection of music on here, we love it. Uh, if you have ideas for discussion questions or anything else you'd like to share, fire us off a message to music at rpgfan.com. Uh, if you'd like to send me a message, you can do so at jlogan at rpgfan.com. Or you can find me on Mastodon at John O'Logan at Mastodon.social. Uh, let's, I'm not the only one on here with an online presence. Let's find out where our guests can be found. Salosi, where can we find you online? The easiest way to find me is probably that hellscape we call Twitter. I am at The Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs at other times, and on RPG Fans Discord, I am called Monsoon Mike. Cool. And Geo, where can we find you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I have abandoned Twitter, but if you somehow want to follow me still i'm at 10b star on there t-e-n-b-i star and i'm also on the discord i'm geo on discord cool uh if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with your friends you can help us get the word out there rate us on itunes or your other podcast player of choice you could also write us a review that would be lovely and we would love to read it uh well thank you very much for joining us in this episode thank both of you for joining me today and to close things out, uh, we have a bonus song for you. So, Gio, what is our bonus song today? Yeah, um, you like Bakamitai? You want us to sing for you? Everybody um, does. I believe that. I believe the definitive version was sung by Salosi last year on last year's uh, karaoke episode. Uh, yeah, definitely <laughs> listen to that, readers. But I mean, listeners. But uh, I think uh, what we're bringing today is uh, a compilation of sorts of like every single version of Bakamitai all at once. So yes, it is the uh, uh, basically mashup. Yeah, Kiryu, Nanba, Akiyama, Saijima. Uh, is there anyone else? I think that we're missing one, but that's because Dead Souls doesn't count. Right. But yeah, uh, basically listen to all four of those guys singing at once. And uh, I'm curious to know if which version you think is the best. I'm personally more of a Akiyama fan. I feel like he he did it best, but. I could be persuaded to favor Saijima. See, I really like Namba's English version. I, I, 
I, I like Nanba's Japanese version, but I think the one I keep going back to is is the original Kiryu version. So soulful. I'm just taken by Akiyama's prowess. Like he is a very the voice actor for that guy is very good at singing. Yeah, that's another cool thing about this series is that everyone does their own singing, which is awesome. I would love for Akiyama to show up in Like a Dragon Gaiden or Like a Dragon Eight, but only time will tell. Only Please. time will tell. Well, I mean, you guys are early on in Machine. You might just find a uh, a special guest showing up pretty soon. That's true. Uh, uh, my my dream is for uh, Akiyama to show up in Like a Dragon Eight, make his weapons shoes. Who says no? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for joining us here today. And please enjoy the uh, the ultimate Bakemite mashup. I sing for you. Bakemite. Perhaps we should uh, we should restart again talking about as you like it. So, yeah, as as you like it. Huh, okay. Uh, the, 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 uh, are we are we a Shakespeare cast now? We can be. All right. Well, <laughs> but the try uh, to drop some more thous. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the song's as you like, not as you like it. Although I do like it. <laughs> 